Hello out there to all the urban gardeners and everyone else who's tuned in to hear the latest tips from the garden for seasonal growing. My name is Tobias and today I've got two very special guests lined up for you. Angela Deacon and Alex Kornishka are both absolute legends. I want to update you on how things are progressing with the allotments in the back of the centre here. So due to the current spree of warm sunny wet weather, there's been lots of seed germination, repotting and planting going on out the back there. The ground is actually warming up at last and it's perfect now for facilitating growth. So Dylan, Dave and the lads, myself included, have been busy filling up our plots with all sorts of seasonable seasonal edibles goodies and goodies such as beets brussels sprouts carrots onion kale cabbage spinach rocket and other mixed leaves and garden herbs then we also have tomatoes chilies red peppers and peas purple sprout and broccoli so yeah so okay so remember to stay tuned for my very simple top tip on how to make your own free plant steroids out of locally sourced wild nettles growing down the road there on the nature trail in rings end so let's get into it. First up, we have Angela Deacon, who I met on the grass up by St. Patrick's Rowing Club on the East Link Bridge. And Angela chats with me about all sorts, ranging from rainwater planters to the pros and cons of electric mowers, bees, birds, gardening with native plants and bulbs, biodiversity and seed bombing wildflower meadows. Super fascinating stuff. So, hi, we're here. I'm here like I'm sitting, uh, we're sitting in at the Liffey there at the, the East Link Bridge and uh, I'm here with Angela and uh, we're looking out at the, the river and and it's lovely and warm and it's really kind of sunny and you know Angela's going to tell us a little bit about her uh, planters she's come up with a sustainable uh, solution for catching water and uh, she's also kind of quite a keen gardener and, and has a like a garden at home that, that kind of she grows a few bits and pieces so I'd be really kind of interested Angela to hear uh, what you're up to these days and, and what kind of little side projects you're working on and what you're growing and how does that fit into the whole kind of urban gardening and health and kind of well-being does it does it align with those kind of ideas well um if i can step back just a little bit so um i'm from drumcondra and mm -hmm. i'm back living there now after living in america for 25 years oh, I live wow. in california so that the climate was very different there of course <laughs> yeah but yeah. i am um, over there i got really into um planting you know gardening with native plants nice so i got really into that yeah like what would be kind of native what kind of plants specifically um let me see there were also lots of sages buckwheats oh, wow. and yes yeah, oh lovely like edibles yeah. so um you know unfortunately i didn't really get time to get into that but i was starting yeah. in the last couple of years i was starting to plant bulbs and some of them would have been edible okay um, but i didn't get to, you know what i mean i i sold my house right about the time when you know they it takes a few years for them to establish and yeah so yeah and another one of them actually is a soap plant that Native Americans used to use. Oh, really? Yes, oh, wow. I would have loved to have been able to. That's so interesting. Yeah, like so I know, I, I know, I'd, I know that like from fruit trees and stuff that they'd be similar. They take a couple of years before you start getting any kind of fruit off. Yeah, them. yeah. So um, I did see some of the bulbs uh, come up in the spring, last spring. But uh, yeah, the bulbs multiply. So um, anyway, but I made the decision yeah. to move back here. I, um, and uh, I don't regret it. I, yeah. So, so. How long are you back in Dublin now? Uh, since May of last year. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, so going on a year now. So this is your second summer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have you made much progress in the garden this year? Well, it's my mother's garden, so I okay. don't have, like, you know, carte blanche to do whatever I like. But what I am trying to do is encourage her... Um, to uh, leave some of it. Well, we, she already did, to be fair to her, she's fairly forward, mm. you know, 
thinking. Yeah. Um, she did um, leave the very back wild, and I'm pretty sure we have like badgers or something there oh, because lovely. you can see oh, it's brilliant. a huge back garden. Yeah. I mean, my mother and father moved in there in 1957, so wow. you know it was a time when things were very different. And <laughs> yeah. So, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, our neighbourhood has changed a lot now. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. So um, anyway, they're huge gardens. We're very lucky. And so I try to, you know, remind her how lucky she is to have. And she knows she's lucky to have such a big garden. But, you know, to, to I encourage her to allow some of it to go, more of it to go to wildlife. And less to maintain that way. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's a big job yeah, kind of maintaining a garden. Yeah, because that's actually a problem is that, um, you know, the grass, when you've got all that huge lawn, it mm -hmm. needs to be cut. And yeah. and I don't want to use a petrol mower, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Why is that now? Why? Because yeah. they're extremely polluting. Yeah. Um, not only from, you know, the point of view of greenhouse gases, but also, like, for your health, like, the, the particulates, so... And the wildlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice if... Uh, I could use a so I think looking into electric mowers, but then I'm like, it's kind of nuts to be buying an electric mower that you use like three, four times a year. Expensive, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was thinking, well, I wonder could I do um, a push mower? Yeah. And then, but the thing is, that would be more feasible if I had if more of the stuff, if more of the lawn was gone and it was wildflower, you know. Although yeah. wildflower, maybe you're, I think you're still supposed to cut once a year, but that you know. My, more, be more doable than you know what I mean. And, and what's the advantages of a wildflower meadow? Like what's because the... um, there's a biodiversity crisis along with the the climate crisis. There's a biodiversity crisis. And um, what does that actually not, mean? That actually means that um, an awful lot of and I'm not very good at remembering statistics, mm. but an awful lot of species are going extinct and yeah. they're just disappearing. Mm. Like um, like the bees. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think Ireland has something like. Um, people tend to think of the honeybees, but yeah. Ireland has 90 species, I think, of, oh, wow. of um, solo bees. So we've got the bumblebees, and then we've got um, solitary bees. Them big yolks solitary. that make loads of noise when they're yeah. going around, and they start, you hear them bouncing off the window and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah them guys, yeah. yeah those they're few and far between I'm, now. I'm not an expert, but, but uh, yeah. So There's not so many of them around nowadays. Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure exactly which species are going, you know, which are, which of the yeah. species are the ones that are going, that are declining. But, like, I remember I heard some really shocking statistic about birds. It's something like 70% of the bird population oh, has, man. has so sad. gone since yeah. the year, I don't know, 1980 or, yeah. And we live We've near... We've lost 70% of our birds population and we live near a wild a bird sanctuary down there in in ring sand park oh, I didn't know that. yeah and uh we have all the canadian goose oh, geese that yeah, fly yeah, around yeah. and they, they'll be heading home now next yeah. month in may yeah so so going back to the gardening yeah so so the, the mazars garden like you're looking after yeah, that so, and you're letting a little bit of it grow wild well so what i um my sister is very into into uh wild um gardening too and uh she only has a small garden, so she, but she knows a lot. So she advised me to put in, um, to dig up the space that I want to convert from lawn into wildflower meadow, yeah. and dig it up and put in wild, um, yellow rattle seeds. So what, what that does wow. is, um, so when you've had a lawn, you know it's it's kind of aggressive, and you know the roots are yeah, like dandelion roots. Um, well, very that, hard to dig up. 
Yeah, but you don't necessarily want to dig those ones up because dandelions are very good for yeah. 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 And they're very good for you as well. I used to make I used they? to big, dig up dandelion roots with my dad, and we dry them out and make coffee out of them, grind oh. them down and make coffee. Oh, they're anti carcinogenic as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what the the, the mm. yellow rattle does is, um, and it's finally I sold them last, and, and you want to get them from an Irish supplier or local supplier if possible, um, and. Uh, so yeah so I dug up the area it was very hard work <laughs> I didn't have the right tools really so I think yeah. that's what made it harder yeah. and because um, you have to have bare soil in order for the yellow rattle seeds to be able to actually germinate and all that yeah. so um, yeah so the, the reason you want to do the yellow rattle first is it sort of is parasitic on the roots of the grass okay so it oh, helps to kill the grass yeah. yeah because if you don't do that first if you just plant the wildflower you know a, a collection of various wildflower seeds they probably won't do well because the grass will just come back oh that's really interesting yeah, so now the, i didn't know that i thought yeah. you just kind of broadcast these seeds down and 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 see, wait and see what happens i didn't realize you had to clear well, you the, might have some luck that yeah. way but you're not going to have as much um yeah luck. yeah so sure. So yeah, you have to get the, the get it to bare soil. And now I'll be honest with you, a lot of the grass has come back, but yeah. I've, in the last week, mm. I've seen the little lots of little oh, cool. yellow rattle seedlings, yeah. and it's wonderful. Yeah, so Lovely. so they should flower in the summer, and um, then I'll collect some of the seeds. And I think I'm not supposed to mow until you know, obviously after they've set seed yeah, and sure. all that. So sure. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay. And, um, Interesting. Yeah. And and I know from when we were talking the last time. Um, that you were you had this little side project on the go where you were you were had kind of been working with these planters that actually catch all the rainfall yeah. that's coming off the roof. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, I can. Um, Brilliant. So I went to um, a workshop. So I didn't come up with this idea myself. It's um, yeah. I'm not sure who did, but I know I learned about it through the Rediscovery Centre in Ballymun. Okay. They had a workshop uh, given by Dublin City Council. Um, I think it was John Stack of the Dublin City Council, mm, and mm. Um, it's an initiative to try to, um, you know, keep our our waterways clean. Lovely. Because Very what happens? Admirable. Yeah. What happens is um, when there's a very heavy rainfall, our uh, sewage system, I suppose it is, uh, gets over overfull and it overflows into the you know about we know this all story. that down yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. you know so yeah we're so, living with it yeah, yeah so this rainwater yeah. planter idea is to um and i think actually ireland is is going to be fined if they because of eu laws they are so currently being fined yeah by yeah, the epa okay yeah. okay yeah so yeah so there's a few reasons few motivations behind the dublin city council doing this you know they don't want to be fined and yeah. <laughs> and it's the right thing to do yeah, right of course to, to, sustainable yeah, solutions yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Anyway, so this workshop was teaching you how to um, build rainwater planters. And cool. the source of the water for these planters is the rainwater because you use the water that comes down the gutters, you know, into the gutter yeah, system. Yeah. So you tap into the gutter system. And then Brilliant. you. the idea is you're supposed to build um, uh, sort of, a, you know, a, a box yeah. with a planter that's big enough to hold the biggest, you know, volume of rain that could that downspout you know yeah could, could possibly could, yeah, 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 yeah yeah so um but it's not it's not that complicated you know you just calculate the 
the area of the roof drained by, you know. And we were talking about, like <laughs> I was telling you, I live in the flats next yeah. door to the, the Rings End Irish Town Community Centre who kind of hosts this uh, podcast. And I was telling you about the pram sheds in there. And, yeah. it, and it sounds like, you know, we'll have to go in and have a look at them one day. It sounds yeah. like they'd be an ideal place to build those. Yeah, those, now is there those... a downspout there? Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to because actually that's one of the things that... Um, I don't know. Since I've moved back to Ireland, I'm I'm and I'm, I'm getting about around by bicycle. I don't drive. Um, You're all about the sustainability. Yeah, yeah I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. well, I, I drive my mother's car now and then when she needs yeah, stuff from the you know. needs <laughs> needs dictate. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, sorry. What, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, the planters. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They sounds and, and what kind of materials are they made out of? Well, you can make it out of wood. That's probably what we're, we're hoping to get. Um, and I'm working on this with a lady called Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, she has her own uh, business um, called Understory. And I hope to speak to her, yeah. Are you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's really nice. Um, so she lives down in... She used to live in Ring's End, actually, okay. for a year or two. Oh, wow. And uh, now she's down in uh, Greystones. And tell me, is, the, is DCC funding these planters? Well, we did apply for a grant yeah. from LawPro, which is the uh, local authority water uh, programme, I think it stands yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. So, but whether we get the grant or not, like, she and I both really want to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I shared the idea with her because I, I sort of knew... Her background and stuff, and thought she'd be interested. And uh, the great work. Sorry. Yeah, it's the great work. Like you know, yeah. coming up with stuff like this. You know, yeah. like any sort. I think any sort of recycling or kind of sustainable kind of environmental solutions to, to you know, I mean, water's our biggest resource, and and we just let it run off the the roof of the shed into the ground. It's yeah. what a waste, you know. Yeah. And yeah. you know, even to put it through, to put it through a planter, it's it's recycling. It's recycling. It's filtering the water, and it's just it's just so cool. Well, it'll. It, in, with these planters that the idea is that it'll you know help you grow lovely flowers it's and, a, you know, and yeah, plants, plants and, and it's a pity we couldn't, it's a pity we couldn't put a little tap on the bottom and then just use it as a filter and then drink the water when it comes out the bottom that would be even cooler yeah, wouldn't it? I, like a reverse <laughs> osmosis water yeah, filtration yeah, system yeah. well listen listen Angela we're, we're kind of on the time like oh, we're up okay. to 12 minutes already you know oh, okay. um, and, and this is just a really a, a short sound bite but yeah. like we definitely love to get you back and, yeah. and kind of tell us as the project develops oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and speak to us a bit more because I, I have to say you're a wealth of knowledge about this kind of stuff and it's really really interesting chatting to you I'm sure the listeners are going to love, love so. uh, hearing, so. this, hearing about this <laughs> so listen thanks a million and I'll probably see some of your listeners around the community you will indeed yeah 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 brilliant all right you're listening to the urban gardening food and well-being podcast with tobias gunning we have alex who's an ecologist and alex chats with me up the up the river there in herbert park about veganism urban gardening mobile planters the may the may day parade and our super interesting and ongoing projects uh, one of which is called catching raindrops in rings end She's currently developing a series of educational fun-based workshops for the young ones on water conservation, the aim being to help us reconnect with nature and raise awareness through empowering communities to strengthen bonds with each other and their environment. Her company, Understory, promotes sustainable solutions and uh, using zero-waste products along with smart recycling. Oh hi, we're we're sitting here. I'm sitting here with um, Alex, and we're we're in um, Herbert Park by the bandstand, and we're like looking at the heron there doing a bit of fishing, and and the pigeons, and the the um, seagulls, and the ducks, and it's really kind of nice. Everyone's out, and they're walking their dogs and stuff. And Alex has very kindly agreed 
uh, to have a chat with me because um, I, 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 I spoke to her last week and she's incredibly fascinating in many regards and uh, she's doing great work down in Ringsend in the community. So Alex, could you tell me, I, don't, I didn't want to have a go of pronouncing your name <laughs> in case I mispronounced it, but tell us a bit about like, I know you, you, you're going to chat to us about like uh, veganism and about water conservation and hopefully about like the great collaboration that you've initiated with Rings and the Irish Town, Tidy Towns people. Yes, uh, so my second name is Konietzka actually. It's Konietzka. Not, it's not that bad to say. No. Yeah, so I'm Alex Konietzka. Uh, I'm uh, an ecologist by background. Uh, and I'm also a vegan, which you're interested in. So yeah. I've been a vegan for maybe two years. And before that, I never really ate beef anyway. Um, but the transition actually came from meeting another vegan. So I was uh, never among vegans before and I always kind of thought plant-based is the way to go but I didn't have that like um, example to follow basically how long have you been vegan uh two three years now wow yeah wow. um yeah so w once I knew that one vegan I was like okay yeah. now I know you now we can kind of help each other a bit so since then basically I haven't turned back and uh like nowadays really there's so many alternatives um, is there is there like could you yeah. could you tell me like is there any massive health benefits being vegan oh, that you've noticed yeah it's like three years is substantial i know a couple of people yeah. who just started being vegan yeah. so they weren't really kind of, they couldn't really tell me look yeah no i think the first year is difficult because of the fiber that you're eating mm -hmm. uh, it's a completely different um, diet that i would have had previously so the first yeah. year was weird uh i don't want to say anything negative about it but like you do tend to have like a uh, bowel yeah. Uh, side effects. Yeah. But once you get over that little bump, like it, it's yeah. like downhill from there. So yeah, I feel. I think there's worse bowel side effects from me, to be honest with you. To you be know? honest, yeah, I think it's like that. Uh, I don't know, connecting your gut back to where it should be. So it's kind of like bringing it back to basics. Gut health, yeah, that's yeah. massive nowadays. You know, so it's linked it to stress levels to and everything. Yeah. Exactly. So it takes just a little, a little while to cleanse it. Uh, so after that, absolutely, I felt, I mean, I think I was lactose intolerant. So like being plant-based was like the dream to me. Like yeah. you, know, you feel so much better in terms of your body, but also mental health for me was big because I always felt very guilty eating okay. meat. I don't know. I could never disassociate the meat from the animal and I always felt very guilty. So yeah. once that happened, I, I think I just felt such a relief. There was so much weight lifted off my shoulders. I yeah. thought, why didn't I do this sooner, to be honest with you? Yeah. And yeah, that obviously... There's, not, there's less karmic repercussions as well. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, there's like the clear skin, like things like that, the simple yeah. things you probably don't think about. Um, like, I probably don't notice as much as another person, but uh, definitely felt much better, to be honest. And it's probably to do with the mental health, too, you know? Do you grow any any vegetables or fruit or anything yourself? Do oh, you yeah, absolutely. Do you, yeah? Like, what yeah. kind of stuff do you grow? Uh, I have everything. I have uh, carrots, potatoes, radishes, tomatoes, courgettes. Oh, wow. um, like, and it's all in planters because I'm always moving. I'm, I don't have a house uh, that okay. I own, so I rent a lot and I yeah. try to have it self-contained so I can pick it up and go. Uh, yeah, and I build those planters too, so it's kind of like I'm really putting myself into it. Uh, You've got a sustainable f food source right there, a movable, a movable, mobile sustainable yes, there food you source. Go. Love it. Yeah, no, and it works well, and yeah, it's just a very nice hobby as well you know yeah, yeah it's very therapeutic yeah absolutely um so you know we've got the allotments at the back of the center down there
there in Ringsend as well. I saw them. Yeah. yeah, I saw them. I visited the community centre at the parade uh, a few days ago. So it's an amazing day. Yeah. It's great fun. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And it was nice to meet all the different people too. Like that wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have heard about. And it's so inspiring to hear their stories too. Like yeah. so many people in the community that are so full of stories and you know knowledge yeah. and everything. Yeah. So listen, tell us a bit about like the water conservation project that mm. you're you're heading up. Yeah, sure. So uh, we called it the Catching Raindrops Project. Uh, so it's a collaboration between uh, Wright, which is the Ringsland and Irish Town Tidy Towns and Environment Group. Uh, so you probably nice. see them every week uh, doing a litter pick uh, just around Ringsend. Um, so uh, yeah. shout out to them. Yeah. So we are working together uh, and I'm kind of representing Understory, which is all about zero waste practices and working with communities. Uh, so we are coming together to create uh, this catching manager project uh, in Ringsend. So we'll be bl- building planters using reclaimed materials that are designed to retain rainwater, basically. Um, so when there's a storm coming in, it doesn't just go on the concrete and end up in um, go ba- going back into the sea, basically. So it just kind of puts that barrier in between. Uh, and also we are doing workshops on uh, water conservation and kind of just... Um, educating on like what is happening with the water like what is it what's going to change in Ringsend what are the government plans for treating wastewater because you know population is increasing uh, so all that good stuff is coming up where are you doing the workshops or where do you hope to do the workshops uh, so we are hoping to do them in the uh, in the centre actually in Rick and uh, what, uh, what age groups are you going to uh, so one of them I'm hoping to collaborate with young people on. Uh, so yeah. I might be linking with Ricky's. Uh, I might be going to a school, cool. uh, and then it's starting to rain. Let's walk over to the to the bandstand. Band uh, yeah. Sounds good. And then the other workshop I'm hoping to do with the community itself. Uh, so it might be outdoors in the park. It might be in Ricky in Rick as well. So we'll see about that. But I, I'm hoping to kind of hit those two target groups. And tell us, um, like when like with the with the planters like yeah. what do they like what's the does what's uh, the drainage how does the drainage work in the bottom of them to kind of mm-hmm. to maintain the water okay so it's kind of a tiny bit technical but if you can visualize a box uh, at the very bottom you have gravel you have bark you have a pipe going in so you actually connect them to the um to the downpipe um, so that you can get the storm water in. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of connect it to the gutter and then the water travels all the way in around us uh, using a pipe, I guess. Uh, and then yeah. you have the soil, you have the compost and then you have plants that are uh, specifically meant for water uh, environments. Cool. Mm. And uh, so like, will you, like, do you hope to, do you hope to install some of these around Ringsland? Yes, uh, cool. so we are going to use reclaimed materials, so that's the only limiting factor, really. Uh, we, all, we have all the ambition and all the passion to do it, yeah. uh, so we'll be building the planters ourselves. Um, and we have probably plans to make two or three, and we've connected with some residents already. We are also installing water butts, so we have five water butts, and I think three of them have been claimed already, so yeah. we still have two to kind of allocate to somewhere, basically, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So um, that's really cool because um, I know I know you shouldn't have any issues getting wood in Ringsend. Yeah. Um, like I got I got several pallets out the hardware across the road from the. I've flats. got my eye on them. Yeah. And also there's the men sheds 
in the yes, back in the right back of the center and they've they've a big stockpile of wood and they're well in with, mm -hmm. with kind of local suppliers and yeah. stuff you know that's one of my main skills to just kind of spot these areas where you can claim things because as a zero's business like i don't buy anything new yeah so uh, i am always on the lookout and always <laughs> gathering materials uh, so my home is uh, basically a shed <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah amazing wow so um what about what's going on with the uh the tidy town stuff and um, so they've been meeting all the time and uh, they have a very active group and I met the ladies and they're wonderful. So um, I've lived in Ringsend for about a year and a half. Um, oh, did you? Yes. Uh, so I, I, my partner lived here, so I kind of oh, okay. just decided um, just to cover his house a bit because I really liked it here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got to know them and, you know, they've helped me a ton because I was building my own community group in, in Rathmines at the time. Yeah. Uh, so we've just linked a lot and there was a lot of um, knowledge sharing and I was very glad to have that, you know. Um, so we've been kind of working together and uh, I really wanted to deliver this project to them. So um I've kind of gotten a sponsorship recently, so we'll be um, thankfully uh, buying uh, insurance for them, for the group, yeah. for the year, uh, and also uh, kind of sponsoring the Catching Raindrops project a bit as well. So that's that's uh, the plan. Cool. Um, and uh, like, you know, when when you like, when did you first kind of get into this this whole kind of idea of sustainability? Mm. Because like from talking to you, it's quite it's quite broad you're not just in you're not just in one area mm -hmm. like you're you're conserving water you're mm -hmm. you're recycling you yeah. know you're do, you're educating so yeah. so where did like where did you develop like your interest in that first of all i, I really like that story about mm -hmm. like when you were a kid and you were going to the forest yeah and there was all that litter and stuff you know and the teacher yeah. took you out there for earth day i thought that was really yeah. interesting do you think that was like do you, is that why you're kind of passionate about education nowadays absolutely yeah so i was always very connected to nature myself i always felt the safest like in the forest i always felt like that um, complete like understanding but also grounding so like I had a lot of issues growing up my family wasn't the most well off and there was a lot of toxic relationships and all that yeah, um, yeah. so at the time it was so important to me to feel like there's something greater than me there's something calm here and I can come here anytime basically like a sanctuary exactly yeah. and that's why I have that deep love for nature and kind of that, that like need to nurture us and protect us so I think that's where it began but it was cherished and nourished by other people along the way so like that teacher that you mentioned so there was Earth Day and she for the first time kind of showed me the impact that a community can have uh, there was a forest beside my house and there was so much dumping going on and I'd go to the forest every day and I would just not notice it I just accept it because I just didn't yeah. know any better yeah. and then that one day that we cleaned it up I, I was like oh my god I can't believe you know we can do that as a community and also I can't believe that I didn't notice it before you know you just yeah. accept things when you're born into them basically I really like the idea of recycling because mm -hmm. it's that old uh, that old expression one person's trash is another person's treasure yeah and you get so much stuff that is just kind of wasted and that mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it you know I Absolutely. mean you just have to look at the the rise of secondhand shops I mean in Ring's mm -hmm. End there's two or three of them within a stone's throw from each other and yes. they're always so busy they're full of stuff like you know they're really good ones to be honest mm. I know all the chairs shops in Dublin and that's one of my favorite ones uh yeah just beside Tesco so yeah uh, no I completely agree and I I'm able to have a whole business based on it too right. like I'm able to just use wastewater uh, or waste materials all the time I'm not buying anything new so it just shows you that there is so much waste and yeah. also it shows you that businesses are you know not very productive and even like they could be using their waste materials in other ways so um there's a lot to be done in that area 
how, how quick society's changed. It's, we live in the age of instant gratification and mm -hmm. everything, nothing is built to last in, mm -hmm. in many ways. You know, people Absolutely. just get into, the, like their air fryer gets a bit greasy. I'll throw it out, we'll get another one. They're only 20 quid down Tesco. That's the problem, yeah. So unfortunately, companies have become uh, kind of, I don't know, feeding us this idea that it's okay and uh, decreasing in quality, increasing in price, and it doesn't, it, it shouldn't work for us and it doesn't and we should probably be speaking about it a bit more and yeah, I think definitely. the companies are now realizing slowly that they can't keep going unsustainably I think people are becoming way more aware nowadays yeah the, the people are kind of they're catching on yeah they're definitely catching on and that's yeah. that's that's what happens is the, a lot of these companies they're ahead of public opinion but public, yeah. the public opinion starts eventually catching up like yeah. they want to do the right thing like absolutely and the fact that we know more we can also spit out greenwashing which is happening a lot you know, because company think they think, oh, if we just say we're doing this, uh, they're going to like us. But I think we are smarter than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So listen, thanks very much, Alex. We're, we're kind of on the time. Do you want to um, tell us like your Instagram or your Facebook page? Uh, of course. Yeah. So you can find me at um, understory underscore IE on Instagram or understory.ie uh, everywhere else. So Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but if you just type in understory Dublin, you'll probably find me. Um, and my name is cool. Alex. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at alex at understory.ie. Cool. Thanks very much, Alex. I'm Thanks looking to forward to seeing you around Rings End. Absolutely. Thanks, Emil. See you around. Bye. You're listening to the Urban Gardening Food and Wellbeing Podcast. Right, oh, as promised, a recipe for the black gold, an organic elixir to stimulate plant growth from a mixture of decaying plant or veg matter, in this case nettles and selected garden weeds, and otherwise known as uh, essence of nettle potion. To make a large, to make a large bucket of it, uh, fill it with weeds, uh, used coffee grounds and nettles. Top up with water and leave for a month or so outdoors, storing once or twice a week. Uh, it gets its name from the colour. It should be totally black at the end of it and it'll, ex it'll accelerate your plant growth. You can, like, you can look this up on YouTube. Next month, I'll be speaking to Tina Lowe, uh, UCD's Campus Accessibility Officer, and Tina's going to chat to me about sensory spaces and forest bathing. I'll, al I'll also be speaking to Mairead Walsh from Impar Sports Massage Therapy across the park there at Ringsend Stadium. Mairead and myself will be chatting about physical and psychological well-being and how that's linked to self-care, diet, and looking after the bod. So uh, till, till, we, till we check back in another three weeks, make sure you get out to the garden and do a bit of planting. Thanks very much for listening and I'll talk to you then. Mm -hmm.